Hello and welcome to Wild Chat Sports Podcast, episode number four here. I'm with my boy, Ben. What's going on, guys? Ben, how's it going, man? Not bad. How are you? Chilling, man. Chilling. I mean, so, I mean, tell us a little bit about maybe your favorite sports. I mean, we had Liam here last week. I think I asked him his favorite sports teams. Do you have any, uh, any favorite Boston sports teams or teams in general? Um, well, I'm definitely an all-around fan of Boston sports. I think I probably follow Celtics and Red Sox the most, and probably Patriots. No, but definitely be getting into Bruins a lot more. Um, right. Yeah. Good stuff. I mean, big, uh, big, Celt- big summer for uh, the Boston Celtics Huge. this year. So Huge. A lot in, we'll, a lot uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure. So that's a perfect segue for what I want to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean... You got into it. Big offseason for the Boston Celtics. I mean, we can t- talk about you know guys like Kyrie Irving. He's on the market. Al Horford. Um, some big names for the Celtics. And it might arguably be one of Danny Ainge's biggest summers, wouldn't you say? I mean, it, it can go either way, right? Like, they could, I mean... I think the, they've definitely been busy the past couple of years. Um, but I would say um, we could either see... A very similar lineup to what we saw last year, or we could see something completely different. And I think it's all in Ainge's hands right now, and it's definitely a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it from a standpoint, like if they look, if they resign like a guy like Kyrie Irving, or even, I mean, they've been linked to Kemba Walker. I mean, we're, I'm sure we'll dive into that as well. But you know, if they sign that kind of caliber player, like they're back as like one of the top contenders in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And then if you know, maybe they say maybe look more towards a rebuild mode, you know, more towards their younger guys, maybe look at Tatum to lead the team, mold him more into the mix, get his uh, shots up maybe, um, maybe mold him more into the guy that they want him to be and maybe be like the top scorer in the Eastern Conference. So I don't know. I mean, Danny Ainge, it's all in, I mean, it's all in his hands, you I th- know. I think luckily right now uh, Danny Ainge is looking at a lot of options and, and not a lot of teams have that, regardless of whether Kyrie Irving walks or what happens with Al Horford. Is we got we got plans, and we got we got Plan A, Plan B. What I'm what I'm hearing a lot about right now is Plan J, is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And mm. I think this this was a lot before the the Kemba Walker rumors, Kemba Walker rumors came about. And but from my point of view I, I just can't see as much as I love Jason Brown and Jason, uh, Jay, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum I can't see them leading us to a championship you know um, they're they're great all-around players they've got def- uh, great defensive skills like Jalen Brown he fits unbelievably in our system but we need a star to win a championship um, and if Kemba Walker can be that guy I think I think he, he he also fits really well into our system I think he's a guy who He's got a good attitude. He's got a right skill set. Um, he's incredibly talented. Yeah. But I think, that like we saw last year, the, these seasons could go any any which way. And I think uh, any, anything's possible for the upcoming. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you bring up a good point. Like, when you talk about really what should the Celtics' future be like, I mean, really a good chunk of it comes up with Jason Tatum and – or, excuse me, uh, yeah, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like those two young guys, because those are the guys that are like the core of the Celtics young guys, really. So I think, 
I mean, be, I mean, it sounds like you're leaning towards more of the Celtics win now mode. You know, like it sounds like you want the Celtics to. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like because for the for Danny Ainge's point of view, like he could say, "Listen, right, like we're not going to beat the Raptors right now, especially if they get Kawhi back, or you know, now that Philly looks like to be the front runners to sign Milwaukee. Jimmy." Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and Milwaukee's only getting better with Giannis coming off an MVP caliber season or is the MVP this past season. So, I mean, what what do you so you you think the Celtics should yeah, sort of go yeah. in win now mode? Uh, I think uh, all those teams you just mentioned are, are great teams. Obviously, Raptors just won the championship, but I don't look at any of those teams and say, hey, if we put together a good roster. That uh, it's tight, that knows each other well, that, that plays well together. I don't. I don't look at any of those teams to be unbeatable. Um, and like uh, the Golden State Warriors, healthy. I, I think if they had a healthy Clay Thompson, healthy Kevin Durant, they would have beat the Raptors in five or six. But that wasn't the case, and, and the Raptors did play well. I'll give them credit where credit's due. But like you said before, uh, I I do think. Uh, Danny Ainge should go for some sort of win now mode. I think we have put so many pieces together, mm-hmm. and, and obviously the the main plan was to build around Kyrie Irving and then have Gordon Hayward be his, his sidekick and then bring in another star, whether it's Anthony Davis or another guy. And, and like I said, that didn't work, but I think we definitely still have the assets to to kind of improvise here, and and having and just playing along our, our young guys. I don't really. Th- I don't think it's the going for the goal that all Boston Celtics fans want, and uh, mm-hmm. I think obviously we'll be a good team, we'll be a contender, or not necessarily contender, but we'll be in, we'll be in the playoff mix. I, I just don't think that group's going to win us a championship, and I think that's what the, the Celtics fans want. So, from my understanding, Ben, you're big time Kyrie Irving fan. Big time. So, I just want to know what are your thoughts on this past season that he had with the Celtics. I mean. A lot of controversy there. I mean, a lot of diehard Celtics fans, you know, aren't really on board with Kyrie re-signing with Boston. So, what? I mean, what's your take on what Danny Ainge should do? I mean, we talked about, we'll dive into it a little bit more, but you mentioned a guy like Kemba Walker. I mean, he's another good player. I mean, do you think Ainge should still go all in for a guy like Kyrie Irving despite, you know, sort of the the drama, so to speak, I mean, throughout this past yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think putting us, I, I've always been a huge Kyrie Irving fan, putting that bias aside, I, I think that what it really comes down to is the NBA is a talent league. And I think anyone who says Kemba Walker is, is good or better than Kyrie is watching the wrong sport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, not to disrespect Kemba, he's a fantastic no. player, he's an all-star, and... But Kyrie Irving, is he's been proven himself in big moments. He won a championship. He's hit one of the biggest shots in finals history. Right. Um, as far as last season, um, I was definitely disappointed in the way he handled himself. Yeah. Um, I think especially coming down the stretch um, when things got tough after the Milwaukee series, um, he, he was not a leader. He definitely didn't look like he was putting the effort into the games and, and – um, that he should, that like the the star player should, mm-hmm. but we've seen flashes of greatness from him over the past couple of years. Like I, in the I, I, as much as Gordon Hayward is a great guy, and I think a, a, a top 
when he's at his healthiest, he's a, he could fit into our system really well. I think inserting him back into the lineup may have flustered a lot of the guys. Like last year after Celtics lost their first game, obviously that took Cleveland opening day. And I don't know if it was right after that, but they rattled off 17 straight wins after yeah. that. And yeah. up until the point Kyrie got hurt, he fit perfectly. And everyone was like, this is a match made in heaven. I can't see him not resigning here next year. And it, and it was great. And I think as for someone like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who, who really played their hearts out coming down the stretch after both right. uh, Hayward and Irving got hurt, going to the playoffs, they played fantastic. Coming to the next season, they got a guy who really isn't at the same level as them, who's kind of timid around the net, um, kind of taking their spots in minutes. That, that can't feel good. Mm. I mean, I feel like that might kind of be attributed to Hayward's relationship with Coach Stevens. Um, yeah. But from the outside, you really—it's hard as a fan. You can't tell, and and um, I, I don't—I think a part of the blame should definitely be put on Kyrie. But I don't know how much. If you yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Celtics players. I mean, Terry Rozier was pretty outspoken about it. You know, we saw him go on first take and didn't seem mm. like he was too enthusiastic about returning to the Celtics if it was the same team. However, do you think? Do you think Kyrie Irving? last year you know sort of maybe overshadowed you know Gordon Hayward's performance or guys like Jason Tatum a little too much because I think like the biggest question right now that a lot of teams are having is like Kyrie Irving's leadership you know like we know his talent but last year it's interesting you know because I'm sure I don't know what Kyrie was actually thinking but I'm sure he was thinking listen like this Celtics season is a nightmare I just want to get out of here. Mm, so yeah. At one point, you, you, I feel definitely. like you definitely thought that. And now I feel like it's coming back at them. Like Teams like the Nets, who are heavy suitors for Kyrie Irving, you hear their name a lot, even the Lakers. Like Some teams are sort of backing off of, well, we don't want to sign just Kyrie. Like We only want to sign Kyrie Irving if he's coming along with another star because they're worried about his leadership with, because of the, what happened with the Celtics. So, I mean... Do you think that sort of backfired, Kyrie? Do you think it's going to sort of hurt him going into free agency? And it, I mean, if so, I mean, do you think he can lead a team? Do you? Yeah, I think I think it already has hurt him. I think we see we saw rumors that the Nets might not be as interested, like you said. Um, and I do think Kyrie's definitely best suited on an NBA team as a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm not to say he can't develop leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely don't think if he if he has him, he did not show him this season. Yeah. Um, as far as his play on the floor, I, I actually felt he was a much less selfish player than I've seen him in past years. Um, his assists, he had a career high in assists. I think he averaged seven, like a low in the low sevens. Um, and I I felt his maturity in points in the game where he could have just taken over. Mm. Um. Or, or what I notice is because I feel he think he knows the team has to develop and mesh and if he just takes over in those moments and kind of doesn't let other guys have the the, the spot the, the team's never going to develop and I definitely saw that more in the beginning of the season um, I think confidence in the other guys de- definitely dwindled as the the regular season came to an end mm. Yeah, um, and I think everything kind of just blew up in their face in the playoffs. Even though I'm, I'm obviously very confused about uh, the Indiana series, they played fantastic. Yeah. There were they games great. that came down to the line, but 
I think everyone knows the talents on the team, and I think that maybe that Indiana series was kind of flash, right. yeah. And, and then they had a road, and they and they, as they showed all season, they they had a h- tough time um, handling adversity. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question. They couldn't like, rebound. Yeah, I mean that, and like literally, and <laughs> that was. That was sort of like you sort of saw it with Kyrie too. Like Kyrie was cooking, yeah. Like against the Pacers, like yeah. everything, like all regular Still season the stat sheet. All regular season, Kyrie was like, you "Know what, guys? Don't worry." Like he kept telling the press, "Don't worry about the regular season. I'm on to postseason." And that was like that was still a good chunk of the regular season left because let's be real, like it was a disappointing regular season for the Celtics. Like I remember going in the last year like going into that summer or at towards the end of the summer you know Celtics fans were like who's who else is going to beat us in the east like because at that point the Raptors didn't have Kawhi right the Sixers we handled them well I mean and they didn't have Butler or Harris they didn't have Butler or Harris and we beat them in the uh five yeah second round second round of the playoffs last year without Kyrie or Hayward yeah so it's like Celtics fans were like Easy road to the finals. In the finals. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but yeah, I mean, so I'm just going to list a bunch of names in free agency. So it, you know, maybe suitors for the Celtics, right? So a bunch of names that we've heard. So I'll, what better way to start off Kyrie Irving? Where do you see him end up? Where um, do you think? I, I have a tough time seeing him anywhere but Brooklyn. Mm. Um, I, I think he's shown signs that that's where he's want to be. That's where he grew up. Um, I think what 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 confuses me is it's a very similar franchise to Boston. You know, they have a young head coach with a similar system. All the other players around him are young, and they're and it's pretty much a setup for some for for last season for him. Like it's he's taking a risk that just the same thing could happen. Mm. But from everything I've seen and, and for all reports, it shows Kyrie Irving is pretty yeah. set on the Nets. Do you think? He'll pair up with KD. Do you think KD follows yeah, him? Yeah, I do. do. I do. Um, I think, I think they're as, as you said earlier, um, they're kind of a package deal. Right. Yeah, um, they are. It seems like it at least. And I also, I, I also don't think teams are are willing to go all in on Kyrie unless they have that other guy. And I think KD right. is that other guy. I think whatever team, I think, I think well, we're definitely going to get to see a preview unless he goes to LA. Mm. which I don't think is going to happen. I think we're going to get to see a preview of, of Kyrie be the one-man show because KD still has this Achilles right. injury. He's not going to yeah. be back for a year. So we'll see. We'll get to see another little sample of what exactly. Kyrie can be on his own. Yeah, no, you make a good point there. So another guy that's been linked to the Celtics, sort of the plan B if the Celtics can't get Kyrie, it seems. Kemba Walker, I mean, played with the Hornets, you know, got the uh, – made the – all NBA third team this past year uh, is eligible for the super max. So Ben, I mean, what do you, what do you think about Kemba? Like if the Celtics, I don't think there's too much question about Kemba's, you know, playing ability. You know, we all know he's a great player, but is he super max worthy? Like, do you think Danny Ainge, you know, because you talked about the Celtics possibly like, it seems like you're leaning more towards win now mode. Like you don't really want to, rebuild yet so when you talk about that are you looking at signing a guy like Kemba Walker and if so are you are you paying him the max like what draws the line for you there for Kemba 
if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm, I'm going out and looking at the market and trying to get the best possible talent. Uh, obviously, I think those guys right now are probably Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving. Um, and I think those guys are pretty much set. So I think Kemba Walker is definitely the next available talent. He's definitely somewhat of a knockoff Kyrie. Yeah. Um, he has a similar skill set, um, similar stats. But I think one thing we know is Kemba is a great teammate. He's a great leader and a great guy. And I think after what all the, the mad the madness with Kyrie last season, that's one thing that I think will put some peace of mind in Celtics fans and the players as teammates that to have a guy who can come on, play well, lead the team, but also isn't going to mess up the locker room. And I do predict he does, he starts the season with the Celtics next year. Yeah. I mean, it's leaning more and more towards that. Like, you're seeing a bunch of posts, um, Bleacher Report. I know it's, you know, sort of like a rumor rumor central, but I Adrian, mean... Adrian Wojnarowski also did tweet that barring a, not exactly sure the wording, but a unforeseen circumstance, he'd be really surprised if, if Kimball yeah. Walker didn't end up in Boston. Yeah, there's there's been a ton of reports, like you said, like that the Celtics are like top suitors, like front yeah. runners to get Kemba yep. at this point, but... I mean, I talked to you a little bit about this earlier, but like, so Terry Rozier is a restricted free agent. I believe he's at, if we bring him back right now, the minimum is like $9 million. Um, chances are a team will pay him a little bit more, like probably around, I'm, I'm going to assume someone pays him 15 to 16 mil a year. I'd be surprised if a team goes north of that. But if I'm Danny Ainge, if you can get Rozier for under... 15 mil I I mean I don't see why I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back and then surround sign other role players to uh, help surround a guy like Jason Tatum who can be in the the hot seat to be the top scorer for the Celtics because even Jason Tatum we know he has the potential to mm-hmm. be a top scorer and yes, maybe definitely. even a top scorer in the NBA right the ceiling is so high but, you know, he was overshadowed by Kyrie Irving, right? And then the whole Gordon Hayward thing, like, you know, so it will be interesting to see how they do with that. But do you think – where was I? Uh, uh, what was I saying? Rozier's contract. Rozier's contract, thank you. So I think, I, I think honestly, Danny Ainge is better off getting Rozier maybe as a cheaper option. Right, yeah. and because we mo- the more, most important part of that is like you know what Terry Rozier can do, right? We saw him lead the Celtics to a conference finals, right? And to me, it's like I'm not worried so much about the talent anymore, right? I'm more worried about like the team chemistry and yeah, like how yeah. well these players work with each other. And we know Terry Rozier can play well with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and. Because he was another guy who's probably the most overshadowed by Kyrie last season. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be, I, I think if they can bring him back for like under 15 mil and then sign, sign like two or th- two role players, maybe like a Danny Green or Brooke Lopez. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think that team is still yeah, good. I think it's definitely a great option. Um, I think um, one thing the Celtics definitely are going to need, regardless of their point guard situation, is a big man. And I think, and I think, if you if you're assigned Terry Rozier for for a shorter contract, it gives you more cap space to sign a guy like Nikola Vucevic, mm, um, who, he's I, good. who he's I really think good. is a very underrated player who's emerged over Definitely. the past couple of years. Um, Orlando Magic, right? Orlando yeah. Magic, yeah, yeah. He's a a big man who can provide um, defense at the rim and great offensive game. He's got range. He can shoot the three. 
Um, he's definitely probably my top choice for a center. Um, I think other guys like Clint Capella, I don't think we would have to give up much. We would have to take on contract because Houston Rockets are trying to uh, yeah, open yeah. up space. Um, and then I think I think Brooke Lopez will be a little bit out of our price range after his uh, season last year, but he could be a great option if, if teams don't offer him. Yeah, I mean, so you meant, so this is a good segue into – you know, maybe the big men in the free agent market are possibly trade for one. So if they don't get, like, a guy like Brooke Lopez, who had a good year with the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, he did pretty good against the Celtics. Not really sure what his stats were, but, you know, he did pretty good because the Bucks signed him midway through the season. But nonetheless, if they don't sign a guy like Brooke Lopez or someone at his level, another guy that looks to be leaving the Celtics, Al Horford, um, I believe he declined, like, a 31 Point five player option, something yep. north of 30 mil. Um, it looks like he's on the way out. So what do you think the Celtics should do at, you know, at, at the five? Because you talked about, you did just mention like Clint Capella, like do they trade for a guy like Clint, Clint Capella or do they go hard for, you know, a guy like Al Horford? Do they, what do you think they should do? How aggressive should they be at that position? Um, uh, Preferably, my first choice, like I said, would be Nikola Vucevic. Mm. Um, I'm not exactly sure he fits how he would fit into the system cap space-wise, but mm. in today's NBA, um, a lot of coaches and teams are requiring their big men to be able to shoot threes, and, and Vucevic can do that. Uh, two other guys, like I said before, Clint Capella, another one, Steven Adams of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. They're both guys who have actually never hit a three in their NBA career, I think. Yeah. I want to say Capella's taken... Yeah, he three. Has, yeah. I think Vucevic has taken seven. They haven't hit one. Um, regardless, Stephen Adams is a big body. He's good. Yeah. He is a big body, and I think he's intimidating under the rim. I think Brad Stevens' system is defense-oriented, and I think he both of them would fit great. Yeah. I think if we were to sign Kemba Walker, I think Clint Capella would probably be our best option, saying we probably wouldn't have to take on much contract he'd right. probably be the cheapest option as well right and he's great he's and, he, great. and he's a great player i think he, he fit he'd fit well in our system and the biggest question with the celtics five you know what seems like since kg left really is like the rim protection right and i know al horford was getting sort of criticized for that but i just think i wouldn't pay al horford the max i think that's just so much but he's honestly getting old honestly i would I would be okay paying him somewhere like 25 mil. Like, yeah. just because, again, like, we know how he works in Brad Stevens' system. We know how crucial he has been in Brad Stevens' system. Like, you can argue, like, Al Horford has been the most consistent player on the Celtics team over yeah. the past few years. And I think it's going to be a pretty big hole to fill, I mean, if he leaves. I mean, the numbers don't really show it, but, like, you know, he, he did stuff outside the numbers. And like you said, it's hard to find a big man that can, like, shoot threes and like be good defensively and I felt like he was one of the more well-rounded big men in the league but we'll see where he goes um where do you I mean do you have any guesses where Al Horford may go or um I think the rumors are that uh the Los Angeles Lakers were going to offer a contract I I don't think that'll happen anymore as they just cleared space for a max slot I think if they get a, a guy 
say whether to sign Kyrie Irving or Kawhi Leonard, um, which is terrifying. Mm. They would have no room to pay him. But if they don't get one of those guys, I think that money would be well spent on Al Holford. I've also seen rumors about Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's talking to both those teams this this, uh, this week, and I saw Houston as well. Um, I could see him fitting well in Houston, uh, I guess, in a system where Chris Paul and James Harden could kind of operate around the rim or operate around him as he can kind of control their offense with Chris Paul. I think I think that would actually work well. Um, yeah. I, if I were to take a guess, though, I would say Philadelphia. I think he's going to end up Philly. in Philadelphia. Wow. That would be pretty big. Yeah. Especially because they're one of our division rivals. Yeah. That will be... That would be kind of crazy if he... Kind of chippy when he comes back to the Garden. That's a hot take right there. That's pretty good. So what about um, the one of the more bigger names on this Celtics list, going back to the guard position, uh, D'Angelo Russell of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, mostly D'Angelo Russell's on this list because of the whole, is Kyrie Irving going to Brooklyn? And assuming Kyrie goes to Brooklyn... You know, the Nets may not even need, you know, D'Angelo Russell's services anymore. So, do you think uh, Danny Ainge should sort of snag D'Lo away from Brooklyn if if uh, if Kyrie leaves? And if so, I mean, we talked about a guy like Kemba, Kemba Walker. So, um, you know, there's some debate. I see it all over Twitter. You know, assuming Kyrie leaves... Some fans are leaning more towards Kemba Walker. Other fans are leaning more towards D'Angelo Russell. And then some fans are just like, just don't even worry about those two. So, I mean, what's your what's your take on D'Angelo Russell? Well, first off, if I were the Nets, I think it would be much smarter to bring back D'Angelo Russell, a guy who's proven in the system, knows yeah. the guys around him. You can get him at a cheaper price than Kyrie Irving. Yeah, great year, um, too. And maybe bring in a guy like Tobias Harris to kind of round out the group. Um, I think that would be a lineup to be reckoned with. I think they could probably finish in the top four teams in the East. Um, Assuming Kyrie's going to the Nets, I would say I could see D'Angelo Russell ending up with the Lakers. I think Mm, they could definitely, that money would be well spent on him. He'd be going back to the team that drafted him. Mm. Um, so there's kind of some comfort there. He's played there before. Um, mm. And I think his game style would fit well with LeBron and AD. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I, I think D'Angelo Russell's ser- sort of been the more... One of the more promising young players in the league. I mean, especially after last year. Like, he showed he could lead that young Nets team, which was... Uh, which caught the eye of a lot of GMs because I think Magic Johnson even talked about it because he was the one that traded D'Angelo Russell to Brooklyn. And then he even said, yeah, D'Angelo Russell's more mature. Like, he's gone more mature, and I think he'd be a great fit with the Lakers. And I think he would add great spacing to the floor to the Lakers, as you said, with LeBron and AD. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree. I think D'Lo's up on the rise, but – I, I'm not sure if he should go to the Celtics just because I'm I'm still a little worried about him. If he were to come to the Celtics, I could see a, a sort of a Kyrie 2.0. I agree. Where it was like he's he's not going to get the same shot volume that he had in Brooklyn. Like that whole offense was run through D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he just hooked up shots from three. Um, 
And I think Brad Stevens' system is like way more fundamental basketball, where it's like, I, I want Gordon Hayward to get involved. It's it's more of a team oriented environment, and I think that's why Kyrie struggled so much a little bit because he's Kyrie sort of uh, defers back to the ISO ISO yeah. game, and yeah. I, I think I could see D'Angelo Russell that could be really good or it could be really bad. So that's that's my yeah. take on it. I think but, I, I would have a lot more confidence in um, D'Angelo Russell and Kemba Walker because they're choosing to come to Boston. I think they kind of know what they're getting into. Uh, when you when you sign that big of a contract, make that big of a life, life decision, you really got to take some time to, to realize, all right, what kind of playing facilities are going to be playing right. at? What's the medical staff? What's the right. system I'm playing in? Uh, um, who are the guys around me? And I think I – think, D'Angelo Russell, first off, would not be a guy who would look at all that and be like, "That's for me." I don't. I don't think he wants to sacrifice shots. I yeah. think he wants his own yeah, team. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I think LA is probably not um, yeah. that the place to go. But I think it offers him a chance to win a championship, and I think that's probably just as high as on his on his list of priorities as shot volume. Yeah. I mean, since we're at the conversation of L.A. right now, real briefly, if the Lakers, you know, the Lakers are sort of another hot topic in free agency, especially, you know, will they trade for Anthony Davis? They do that. They get the AD-LeBron dream combo that, you know, Palinka, Rob Palinka, president of operations, has been hoping for for so long. They finally get that, and now they're looking for that third piece, as you said. So... I mean, I know we're, we talked majority about the Celtics, but what about over in the West, their, their rival, one of the best sports rivalries of all time, Celtics-Lakers. Yeah. What do you think the Lakers are doing over there? Do you think they sign – you talked about Kawhi Leonard, you talked about Klay Thompson, and you talked about D'Angelo Russell. Which of those three would be the best fit for the Lakers? One of those, if you had to pick, to pair with Le- LeBron and AD. I, I think if I were if I were – Polinka, I would go Clay Thompson in a heartbeat. Mm. I think his type of game style, where you got AD under the rim, LeBron kind of running the point and just having either a huck it up alley oop or kick it out to Clay Thompson. I yeah, think, I think that type of offense would be deadly. Um, Even if Clay Thompson's out next year, you're going. You're, yeah, you're sending it. Hundred percent. Wow. Um, I agree, though. He could space the floor. I mean, we talked yeah. about it a little bit. You know, he, he's an unbelievable catch and shoot guy he, he knows how to space the floor like he said um and he's been there he's 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 won three championships with the golden state warriors he's played in the finals the last five years yeah he, he he likes the big moment and and he, and he knows how to operate when he's there yeah and then i mean we talked i mean i think that might just do it for i mean nba free agency um ben kalecki myself kevin larney wild chat sports podcast number four um before we wrap up here um, of our NBA free agency episode, probably the first of many this summer. I mean, sort of like the hot topic, I feel like, of all summer. I mean, even if you're... to go. Yeah. Not even, less than a week. Yeah. Um, NBA free agency kicks off June 30th, um, so we're only a couple of days away. But before we wrap up here, um, just going over a few big cues of the week, sort of like the big storylines uh, within the last post I had. Um. So, uh, Mike Mike Conley got traded to Utah. I had like a pretty 
pretty bold opinion that I feel like might be pretty controversial, but I think Utah Jazz could possibly have a top three backcourt in the league um, this uh, this upcoming year. I think Conley and uh, Donovan Mitchell will be really well together and complement each other's games really well. So that was one of the more popular big cues. Um, I talked about that a little bit. Um, I also said, I know we talked mo- mostly about basketball, but I said big Q, who is better, peak Albert Pujols or Mike Trout today? Great cre- great question posted um, from ESPN's Bradford Doolittle. Um, so I, I think the majority of you guys, I think 100% of you guys said Trout today, but I'm going to make you guys rethink that option because I think you can't disrespect Albert Pujols too quickly like that because this is a guy who's won two rings in St. Louis. He's considered one of the greatest hitters of all time. I agree. I think Mike Trout has the tools to be the best baseball player of all time. I think he already is the best all-around player of all time. But Albert Pujols, I I can't say Mike Trout is better than Albert Pujols at this point of his career, right? Like, if if the question was Mike Trout today or peak Albert Pujols, I'm Peak Albert Pujols. I mean, he changed the game. So I mean, I mean, do you have a? I think Mike Trout is yet to make the playoffs, um, and I think baseball is a team is a, a sport where you can't really blame it on one person. There's there's so many aspects to the game, so much that goes on in, in a in a single game that that require tasks from so many different people. Right. But I think a ring or two, a couple deep playoff runs where. Mike kind of proved he could play in the big moment, um, mm-hmm. would solidify himself as one of the greats yeah. of all time, if not the best player ever. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout has already shown he has the tools to be the best player of all time. I mean, that's why we're discussing it. I mean, no one takes that lightly. But at the same time, like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't say Mike Trout is, you know, I mean, Albert Pujols is like... He's a great. One, I mean... What, what is he ranked after the three thousand? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look it up. But he's one of the best. He's he's one of the he best hitters of all time. Six hundred home runs. Six hundred home runs. So it's like, I, I can't just. There's such a select few people to do that. I just can't. I, I'm rooting for Mike Trout, but I just and I think at some point he will get to Albert Pujols, but I just can't say a guy who hasn't been in the playoffs. I know it's a little. It's it's probably the most team oriented sport. You know, we've seen. I mean, Mike Trout's a perfect example. Like he's great player but they can't make the playoffs yeah. the angels but like i still can't say he's the best of all time or better than a guy like albert Pujols if he hasn't even made the playoffs you know i have to i have to take some time on that on that question but that was that was definitely a popular one um let's see uh mary rose uh did a what did she say how did bruins gm ryan sweeney do on the friday's 2019 nhl draft so shout out to Mary Rose. Uh, I mean, she seems to be a big fan of John Beecher, um, Bruins' first-round pick. So we'll see how they do there. Um, so shout out to her for posting that. Um, Mike McCarthy, uh, you sent in a big cue yesterday saying who should the Celtics target at the point guard position this offseason. So that was – Thank you to that. I mean, that was the majority of this podcast here. Um, and so that was your big cue, and then you answered it, and you thought 
you know, it sounds like you're on board with a guy like D'Angelo Russell. Um, you said he's younger, had a breakout year last year, and is getting better. I think giving Kemba a max deal would be overpaying. So, yeah, it sounds like we're all – I mean, it sounds like we're in sort of agreement. I think Kemba or D'Lo, I'm not going to be mad if the Celtics get either or. I'm going to be – I mean, I think you're the same way. Like, I don't think we're going to be mad if the Celtics get – D'Angelo Russell or Kemba Walker. Still but, not off the Kyrie train, though. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that would be a miracle, but we'll see. I mean, Kyrie and there, KD. There, there's both of them. I are. think as, as bleak as it looks right now, there, there's nothing off the table with Kyrie. Yeah. He's one of the most mysterious guys. He can change his mind in a heartbeat like he did this he season. Is, and, yep. and I think I think a move or two that maybe – Take away one of the two of the problems that Kyrie saw for this season, and, and maybe he'll, maybe he'll reconsider. But you, n- you never know. Yeah, um, yeah. Certainly a hot take, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm hey, I'm rooting for Kyrie too. I mean, we'll we'll see how he does. I mean, we've seen he, him change his decision once. We'll see if he changes it again. But thanks for tuning in, podcast number four, Wildcat Sports. Um, my man Ben Kalecki coming through, dropping his takes. On, uh, on on the Celtics offseason. So uh, keep posting your big cues and uh, uh, keep your eye out for Celtics offseason. Kicks off uh, June 30th, NBA free agency. So peace out, guys. Thanks for tuning in. From the sweet life of Zach and Cody and the sweet life on Drake Bell here. It's your girl Camille Kostek. Shuma Gavin in the house. Shoe nice again. Lay Howard from the Los Angeles Lakers. This is CeeLo Green. To follow at Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. If you Wild Chat Sports. Wild Chat Sports. Peace. Wild Chat Sports, man. Check it out. Love.